Thanks for joining us for the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders and branded share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. And thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. And together, we are the personalities behind branded hospitality ventures. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And I got to tell you, Jimbo, I am electrified because we are live in Dallas, Texas, the Big D, Big D. at FS Tech. I got to tell you, it is on fire. I mean, there's got to be 5,000 people downstairs. Leave the numbers to me. How uh, many people you think? It's I, not 5,000? It's not 5,000, but I got to tell you, it's a very impressive, one of the, I think one of the largest FS Tech shows that we've ever been to. Uh, operators, ISVs, you know, technologists. Jimmy um, dropping, he's dropping, dropping knowledge right now. Independent service vendors. Like oh, about Jimmy learned a new word. I oh, boy. I got to tell you, Jimmy, this is the third year we are hosting Innovation Alley. We have brought 22 of some of those innovative, incredible technology solutions in the hospitality space here to Big D. And I got to tell you, you know who's partnering with us in this Innovation Alley? Some small I'm companies. Throw, some I'm small guys. A couple small names. Small guys. Nestle. 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 Cargill. Car- Car- Cargill. I yeah. Guess. Middleby. Middleby. I mean, I got to be honest. Listen, if you know, you know. Middleby's the largest equipment manufacturer in the whole world. Nestle, the largest food service company, but you already know that, Jimbo, right? right? And Cargill, I don't know what they do, but they <laughs> it's like a $175 billion company, so they must be doing something right. Jimmy, we are super excited. We had a great show, great lineup, it's, and, and a big party tonight, a big party tomorrow God, night. Connections. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So let's, let's jump into it, man. It's going to be awesome. Let's play the feud. Actually, we're not playing the feud anymore. We'll play. We'll play. (laughs) We'll play. We'll play. Let's do it, man. What do we got? All right. Listen, we welcome our friend, one of our partners, Mr. John Pepper, co-founder at Boloco, executive chairman of Hone, and founder and managing partner of 211 VC. You know, when I met Pepper, when I met met Pepper, he had one title. One title? He was a restaurant guy. All of a sudden, he's chairman now, he's executive this, he's a board member. I mean, the guy is on fire and doing things, you know who do we love the most? Pepper. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but we love restaurant operators. Oh, yeah, right? sorry. I mean, restaurant operators that get into tech and investing, I mean, yes. that's that's the best, right? Because so nobody operator. knows about technology for restaurants better than restaurant operators. Oh, it's going to be great. So let's, 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 let's dive on it. Yeah, yes. listen, Pep, talk to us, man. Tell us a little about yourself. This is uh, intimidating, guys. I thought that, <laughs> I thought that was all... Um, Prescripted, recorded. I got to move the mic closer to Pap. He's a rookie. rookie He's a restaurant guy. I told you. You give, him a, you give him a meat a slicer. Restaurant. You give him a meat slicer or a grill. He'll know what to do. Mike, not so much. If you think this is that pre-recorded, is so not true. Not true. We, we we roll with it, Pepper. We roll. Yeah. Well, that beginning part, really. I thought it was canned, but you guys yeah. are good. Yeah, no, you're we, right on. Yeah, on we're on. We're on to, so tell us about yourself, man. Yeah, so I'm not a restaurant guy. I'm really not. Right. I'm a I'm a food eater. I'm obsessed with food. You and Jimmy <laughs> have a, a lot in common. It's a problem. They make the best restaurant guys. <laughs> Jimmy. No, the reason, the reason. Jimmy's an eater and a drinker. <laughs> <laughs> I've been both. Um, the reason I started a restaurant was not because I was a, uh, you know, a chef or an operator. It was because I really didn't want to cook ever again. So I wanted to start a restaurant that was fast. You got to meet my wife, be Jillian. A little healthier. She's never cooked. Not again, ever. <laughs> anyway, I'm okay. She doesn't listen God, to the podcast. You guys, you guys interrupt all the time. It's unbelievable. I'm used to. It. I've I've heard enough. Of Jimmy your yells shows. at me. Jimmy yells at me. How he about does. like give Pepper a chance? Give him a chance. Yeah, how do we get to anything here? Anyway, um, <laughs> that's why it's the podcast about nothing, Pepper. I'm looking over at your mentor over there. Um, 
So anyway, 27, almost 27 years ago, I was a student. Uh, I just loved burritos. I had lived in San Francisco. I thought, wow, we could make a ton of money really easily. Uh, what risk is there in starting a restaurant? So we thought we'd take this very innovative, wraps uh, were all the rage back in the late 90s, and we thought we would take what we had seen um, in San Francisco back to the Boston area. Our friend Aaron Novasheno, I think Love. you know well, was Love. one of the founders of World Wraps, um, which was the inspiration concept for us in the beginning. Anyway, we learned very quickly that uh, the million-dollar payout wasn't coming anytime soon. Doesn't come fast. Restaurant operations were really hard, and despite loving the food, it was a hard run. So for me to keep going, the question is not why did I get into the business? I got in the business because I loved the food, and I thought we would make the best food and make a lot of money. The reason we stayed in the business is because we found some purpose along the way pretty quickly. Some of you've heard this story, but I'll tell it real quick because we got some maybe new listeners. Yeah. Um, for me, it came one night uh, where I was stuck closing the restaurant. Someone had no call, no showed. Um, and I was mopping the floor and feeling pretty sorry for myself. And when I mop the floor, every stroke makes the floor dirtier than it was before. <laughs> no, really. Like, and it's That's just, okay. it was horrible. Yeah. And I thought, who does this work, right? Who, who would show up here? Right. And pay what we're paying and say, uh, you know, don't worry. We say, like, you work hard. We'll take care of you. And we had no plan to take care of anybody. Right. And I learned in the restaurant business, a lot of that goes mm -hmm. around. Right. Yeah, no Come on. We, we got you. You know, keep going. Um, and I thought, you know what? Maybe we can make a dent here. Maybe we can make a difference in the lives of people who work in restaurants and specifically in fast food. And so that's what really propelled me to keep going for the last 25 years. I love it. And I got to tell you, with a purpose, um, you, you can make, it's no longer a job. It really just becomes part of you. It's what you do. It's when you get up in the morning, you play the sport, you play this game. Listen, you started an investment firm. I love, I'm the finance guy. I get to talk about the numbers, but specifically, yeah. it wasn't so long ago that you started your own investment firm. And given what's gone on in our industry, um, certainly over the last 12 months, plus or minus, it's no secret that you know, the VC landscape has changed a great deal. And, and look, changes, corrections, pullbacks, that's all healthy. It builds a better market. It's a little painful, but it's still, it, it is still constructive. It's not easy to raise money. Investors are understandably want to be respected for their capital. So they are particularly a little bit uh, sensitive or even scrutinizing to, to a greater extent of who they give money to. So as an investor, what are you looking for in a startup? Uh, uh, great question. I mean, first of all, you know, we built that first restaurant into two, 22 units. Um, we raised money ourselves to get there. Uh, and then I stepped away from the business about 16 years in, right? And that's what led to ultimately what became 211 VC, but really was just a, a deep passion for helping entrepreneurs who had novel ideas in technology that I thought was desperately needed in restaurants. So we talked about the people piece. That was the purpose side, but like the thing that brings me also just some fills my cup is figuring out how do we make the restaurant jobs easier through technology and how do we serve our guests better? So, you know, it started very early on for, with some, you know, helping GoMobo, which became Olo. We were one of their first customers. We were Level Up, which is, you know, yeah. RIP. 
But um, you know, Level Up's launch partner. Well, back that in the went day. to Grubhub, right? Yeah, but now they're well. No, but I mean, it's still yeah. it went to Grubhub. Yeah, right? super innovative yeah. at the time, right? Mm-hmm. That was back in 2011. Yep. Met the Toast guys. I was going to say were, you were one of the Toasts. You were one, eight you guys. You want, you want Pep to tell the Toast story? He no. cries when he hears that story. <laughs> he don't want to hear that. Nope. I love Toast, and I'm appreciative of Toast. But I did meet them eight guys illegally coding in an apartment in Cambridge. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of early stuff, and I. I find it invigorating. Um, I invested in a number of different tech restaurant uh, startups. Uh, and then finally in 2020, 2021, uh, started 211 VC, which is just a, a group of other restaurant operators, some investors, um, who just really you know share a, um, a passion for supporting early stage entrepreneurs when it's most risky um, with who who are trying to do in- interesting things. I love it. Let's let's stick with the uh, the whole investor discussion. Yes. Uh, you know, we're early investors um, and uh, and 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 we love it and we get we get super involved. And you're an early investor as you as you just said. Um, when when you make an investment, mm-hmm. how involved do you get? Yeah. Like is it just here go enjoy yourself or do you really get under the hood and i know the answer but i want our listeners to know because i know you get involved because one of your titles is chairman and you're chairman of a company that we invest in together and you didn't start out as the chairman no but you, you had to jump in so i know yeah. jimmy has done that i mean we're we're putting out fires this early stage stuff is it's a lot of fun but sometimes it's it's a it's a lot of work Look, sometimes you got to know when to step in or when you think you should step in. And a lot of the time, maybe most of the time, get the hell out of the way. Mm-hmm. Right. So most of the time I get out of the way and I'm less I'm asked to contribute somehow. Yep. Um, in some cases, I have a long standing relationship with the space. And the one that you're talking about specifically that I'm executive chair and even interim CEO, to be truth be told, uh, is a company called Hone. Um, back in 2000, we let go of a bookkeeper. And before we hired a new bookkeeper, bookkeeper, I became the bookkeeper. And I did that for five years as CEO as well. And the reason I was able to do this, I found super efficient processes uh, that allowed me to do it in five, six hours a week for up to 10 restaurants until I finally had to bring in a full team. But I brought that forward 15 years, go forward 15 years, and we are at a point where you know, bookkeeping and accounting needs to be disrupted. The way it's done today is done. And Hone is out to basically eradicate how we think of bookkeeping. To maybe even take the word bookkeeping away and just say, let's deliver some amazing financials I without like having that. to think about it too much, you know? I like that. I got to tell you, there's an army of restaurateurs that would appreciate moving away from the bookkeeping and into getting financials more seamlessly saving time and knowing they're right and knowing that they're right even because better they're knowing so they're right. wrong Listen, all the time i want to jump into one of my favorite sections because despite the fact that shati talks all the time and i'm just a listener um we we created the section talking i don't want i don't want i'm not gonna answer that okay <laughs> i'm not gonna get into we created that. talking back because we learned that somewhere along the way sometimes our guests have a question or two for us so mr pepper we give you the microphone we ask you to um uh, you'll kick off our talking back and as I like to say, nothing is off the table. The microphone, sir, is yours. You guys said there were layups here. All right. Um, you I want mean, Jimmy to ask uh, the question? Of, of him? <laughs> Jimmy can ask a question to you. 
And we can do the reverse talking back. Let's try this again. I'm going to try and see if you guys come up with a better answer than the last time I asked you this. I don't remember that. I remember where we were. Oh, yeah. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready to play. All right. We all grew up. I wrote this down. You ready? Uh Uh-huh. We all grew up in a culture where when things got tough, you grit your teeth and you take it. That culture is disappearing, as you know, all around us because you can't just say, suck it up, right? Mental health is actually a real issue, right? I know you guys and entrepreneurs deal with it a lot, right? I know you guys have had your fair share of frustrations. Mm -hmm. Like you were talking about, this market hasn't been kind these Mm -hmm. last couple years, Mm -hmm. but lots of opportunity. But when you face disappointment that tests every bone in your body, every fiber of your being, how do you cope with those things differently today than you might have 15, 20 years ago? You know, are you guys, are you still hard shelled? No, you know what? Actually, I love, or are you like vulnerable? I love the question. I go to the bar. Go to the bar? And get a Johnny Black. I'll I'll answer the question. I'll jump in because you know what? This last go, this last uh, 12 plus months has really, it's, it's been stressful. Um, you, you, and, 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 you know, people say, oh, you separate it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's business and it's uh, personal separate things. Really? When you're an entrepreneur and when you're, and when you're working with young companies and early stage companies, there is no off switch. Um, but I will tell you, I have been thinking a lot about, we'll say mental health or about, um, you know, body, soul and, and, and mind. And, and to a certain extent, I've, I'll tell you this, uh, my daughter has helped me a lot, yep. um, seeing the world through her eyes. Um, and she's excited and she's happy and, and likes all this stuff. And the fact is, the way I approach it is, I'm going to do my best every day and I am going to go to the mattresses uh, for my family, my friends, and the companies that we feel um, we, we had the chance to help. But I also recognize that it's not going to be perfect and there's going to be mistakes or there's going to be less thans. And I try to compartmentalize them to say, doing the best I can. But I will tell you, I've been carving up time for myself to be a little quiet or to even separate uh, from, from the emails, from the noise, from the, from the, uh, the, the, um, the addiction to our, our smartphones, and sometimes just turn all that stuff off and be present with whoever that, I'm with. That's called sleeping in bed. No, that, that'd be <laughs> no. present. And, and I have to tell you that the, sometimes it's taking a step back or taking a break or even just a small separation mm-hmm. actually becomes incredibly refreshing. And you might even look at some of the challenges or, 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 or moments of stress differently. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, over the last 12, maybe 15 plus months, that has been critical. Because there is stress, and yeah. and I think a lot of good things are going on. I think we we backed a lot of good people, but man, it's not easy for them either. No. So anyway, long answer. I apologize. Not uh, Jimmy. I got to be oh, honest. It, you know, you very rarely come up with long answers, so it's refreshing. Refreshing, right? It's refreshing, refreshing to have a long answer from Jimmy. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to answer that really quick. And simpler. You know, our office is on Park Avenue South. We've got three of our restaurants right there. You've been up to our offices. No matter what kind of day I'm having. At, when Jimmy and I leave and we go downstairs and generally we'll stop by one of our joints. And I got to tell you, I feel great when the door opens. It's like cheers and it's busy with people and they're having a good time and they're eating and they're drinking and listening to music and chatting. And that's hospitality. And that I just smile because I forget about everything. And now I know I'm in my happy place. It's hospitality and everyone's having a great time. And that's, and then, you know, I wake up, have a miserable day the next day, but then I go back downstairs <laughs> and I go it again. But I love it. I love it so much. And that's what makes me smile. So, anyway, listen, great question, really intense. 
and uh, we got to jump into something a little more fun. It's The Spice is Right. So, Jimmy Frischling and John Pepper, come on down, because you're the next contestant on The Spice is Right. Listen, last year we did the Food Service Feud. Tonight, we're doing The Spice is Right. Are you ready? I'm going to ask you both a question. One question, and you'll tell me your best answer, okay? The price is right. You know how to play. Can't go over, right? Can't go over. All right, here we go. In the Spice Right tradition, let's see how well you guys know what a Big Mac combo meal at McDonald's cost. Pepper's looking at me. I just there. I was just there. But this is in New York City. Without going over, can you guess the closest price to a Big Mac combo? Jimmy, I know you know what it is because nobody eats more Big Mac combos than you. But for Pepper, it's a Big Mac, medium fries, and a medium soft drink. In New York City, best guess, what does it cost? Pepper? Eight twenty-nine. Jimmy? Eight twenty-eight. Oh. Whoa, are you kidding me? Jimbo's playing that game. He's really he's played the prices right, hasn't he? Actually, actually, I I, I didn't mean to do it that way because I actually think Pepper could be high. Let me give you my honest my honest yeah. answer. Okay. Was six fifty-two. Six fifty-two. Jimmy's living in like nineteen forty. My first was seven twenty. Yeah, it's nine seventy-nine in New York City. Uh, wanted, Pepper is the anyway. winner. Pepper is the anyway. winner. Jimmy, where were it's six dollars. What are you out of your yeah, mind? Well, I haven't, I haven't been to McDonald's in a little while. Yeah, I can <laughs> tell. I gotta tell you. Anyway, there you go. Pepper, what what Johnny, tell him what Pepper's won. John Pepper, you have won an all expense paid trip to Hawaii. Oh my god. Okay, anyway. That's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah, I was going to say, that's and, a, and yeah. the Big Macs are more expensive there. Yeah, in Hawaii, it's very expensive. We, we, we will give you a gift certificate to McDonald's where you can get a Big Mac combo meal. Jimbo, okay. let's go to the crystal ball moment, huh? We're going to the crystal ball moment. Here we go. Let's play it. Mr. Pepper, when we're back here, okay, two years from now at FS Tech, talking hospitality and tech, okay, put on your Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat. Where do you see the future? Where, what are we going to be talking about in two years in relation to hospitality and tech when we're back at um, when, when we're back here at FS Tech? You know, the last few years have been all about POS mm-hmm. and wraparound POS. Mm-hmm. I think in two years we're going to be talking about the backbone of restaurants and hospitality, which is how bookkeeping and accounting were completely upended and Isn't disrupted. That- I love it, man. I'm a big fan. I love it. I agree. I, like it. I just think back at a house, it ain't sexy. Accounting ain't sexy. But, you know, when you talk about chargebacks and you talk about, you know, all these online ordering platforms Payments. and are you getting what you're supposed to be getting? Are they taking too much of a discount? Are they charging for things you didn't get charged? I mean, it's, it's a lot and there's a lot there. And listen, if you have one restaurant, maybe not so much. But if you have 100, 500, 1,000 stores, and, you know, you're not getting what you're supposed to. It could be add up. Anyway, Jimbo, we're going to the brand of Quick Fire because we don't have a lot of time, okay? Because we got a cocktail party we got to get dressed for, Jimmy. Yes. And you got to change and wear something really special. Yeah. So brand of Quick Fire, okay, we're doing brand of Quick Fire. Dallas, Texas edition. Texas edition, okay? Five lightning round questions. Pep, don't think too long. Don't think too hard. Are you ready? Texas barbecue or Tex-Mex? Tex-Mex. Favorite Texas-based TV show? Dallas. Dallas. Jesus, I didn't even say anything. Yeah, I, I was going to say Yellowstone or Friday Night Lights, oh, but it went right to Dallas. What do you want from me? I don't know. Oh, the sixes were down here. That's What true. do you want from my favorite Texas sports team? None. None. <laughs> Pep's from, you're from New England, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like after, after we shellacking got, the Giants just took and the one the Jets might get this coming Sunday, I got to tell you, I'm, I, I might be a nun too. Sure, folks. Oh, the, what? Um, what? 
Permian Panthers. Yes, yes. I love them. I watch them all the time. <laughs> I love them. Uh, true or false? The Rio Grande forms part of the border between Texas and Mexico. True. Yes, yes, it is true. And one, Done. Pep knows his geography. Beautiful. Wow. If you have to challenge Jimmy Ryder, a game of cornhole, who do you have better odds of beating Jimmy Stand-Up? Wait, it could be anybody. You could beat me or Jimmy. I you. This is the... Jimmy. Oh, you'll beat Jimmy. All right, yeah. Oh. I like it. I don't okay, know. Why right. not? All right. Good question. Good Jimmy question. doesn't know about cornhole. He's Engaging. Never, he's never played. All right. Jimmy doesn't know about I got that. cornhole set. All right, listen, backyard. I got to tell you, Pep, you got some stuff to you do. Push. We got some stuff to do. Right. We're on run on behind schedule. This was awesome. And hopefully this recording actually recorded because the first one didn't work out so good. Pepper, we Did appreciate not. you, not just what you're doing with the industry, but with our friends and partners at home, uh, and, and love that you've corralled a group of restaurant operators and owners to also be part of the VCs. You're a triple threat. You can you can run the restaurant, you can step in an executive chair, and you run an investment firm. Not and he can bad. dance and sing. Not too bad. That he's a, a, a five-part threat. I don't know what that is. Yeah. A Cinco de Mayo threat. Yeah, a Cinco de Mayo threat. Okay. Well, this was awesome. Thanks, Pepper. Jimbo, I got to tell you, love having Pepper. You know, I was really, it was horrible. The first time we had Pep in the office doing the whole podcast, the whole thing got messed up. I don't know if it was Julie, the Julia, the producers. No, I don't no, know what screwed not up. messed up. You didn't hit the record button. That's it. Well, we I just. A, we did a 40-minute segment, and you're like, oh, was I, was I, it was like Vince Vaughn in, yeah. uh, in, in uh, Intern. Forgot to hit the record button. It wasn't on the script. Yes. I live by the script. I got to tell you, Jimbo, we got another great guest. We, we are very, very lucky to have uh, in the house, uh, I'd say royalty. May I say royalty? It's a Texas restaurant royalty. I said it. Texas, you said it. You said it, and I agree. TRR, Texas restaurant royalty. Yeah, yeah. We have, we have Emily Knight, president and CEO of the Texas Restaurant Association. Wow. That's big. What if, if big? We, if we had the soundboard, we could like, do the applause button now. I mean, <laughs> I they're say, going I nuts. They breathe heavy. They're, it's just an applause. They're it's going now. They're going now. Emily, in all seriousness, we are thrilled. Uh, to have you, it's great to be be with you in Texas. Um, it's been a little while since we've seen Emily. It, it has, been, it has. It's been a minute since we were down at the, uh, uh, the Prosper Forum together. Prosper Forum together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, before we jump into it, let's just, let's dig in a little bit into Emily Knight. How did Emily Knight come to this current position? From academia to advocacy, how does that happen? Tell us. Emily, this is Shatz's 19, Fraser Crane moment. 1987. Of, of you're a cheerleader at Texas High School. No, you're from Michigan. Not, no, 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 Connecticut. I'm from, from Connecticut. She's from Connecticut. You're in Connecticut. Yes, you're you're playing field hockey in Wilton, Connecticut. Stop, stop. Basketball. In 19, <laughs> basketball in 1989 on the high school team. Take it from there. Where did you go from there? That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. So um, I love how you think about that field hockey in Connecticut. That's interesting. <laughs> it's um, like lacrosse and field hockey. That's yeah, what I go brilliant, Connecticut. brilliant, brilliant. Um, so actually, you know, I'm one of those unique. I decided in the third grade I was going into hospitality. So I watched wow. the show Hotel. Do you remember Connie Selica? Sure. James Brolin. Yeah. going to be her. Good-looking people, by the way. Both good-looking good people. Those were good-looking jobs until <sighs> I started doing them. Yeah. Um, but uh, I went off to hotel school at Boston University. Started with Pizza Hut. Nice. Terriers. Roof, roof. Yeah. But Pizza Hut, great training. Then to Marriott. Took a right turn into higher ed. Ended up being a college president at the end of that. And uh, had hospitality and culinary schools I put all over the world. Middle East, Brazil, Colombia, Mexico. Really felt like we could... Developed the rest of the world's culinary arts and food food scene. 
Um, moving back to Texas and got a call from the former NRA CEO and said, hey, this job's going to open in Texas. And I said, not interested at all. And, uh, <laughs> and that was the end of that. <laughs> yeah, in about nine months of courting and a lot of conversation with the search firm, I ended up taking it about five months before the pandemic hit. Which so, is perfect timing. Which is great timing. Brilliant timing. Yeah. I mean, talk about getting thrown into the fire. No, but actually, that, that's, a, that's a really great, I want to, important transition because thanks to you and your team, we had the privilege of attending um, the TRA, the big show, um, this summer, earlier this summer. And I got to tell you, as two New Yorkers, we were blown away. Um, well, Jimmy was sweating most of the time. <laughs> Like, but fantastic. It was in Houston, Houston in August. Great air conditioning when you go inside. Great AC. Great AC. Jimmy was, when we were waiting for an Uber outside to go to the restaurant, he stayed in the in the hotel. Yeah, me too. And he would only run into the Uber. Yes. <laughs> it's <pretty laughs> terrible. But listen, we are blown away, um, not just by the sheer number of operators in attendance, but by the, the palpable energy and the excitement from your Texas operators. And fun fact to our listeners, Texas has gained more residents in the past two years than any other state in the nation. So just just fun fact. Um, and while that's, that's, that's exciting unto itself, um, I just wanna say it never hurts the bottom line, but can you share a little more on the Texas dining scene uh, and how it's grown over the last year? And, and by all means, maybe even share a little bit about what the TRA has done, because I have to tell you, um, again, uh, we try to play positive everywhere we get, but there is a real difference of what the TRA does relative to other associations we've seen. That's the nicest way I can say it. Jimmy, I got to tell you, based on what I saw in, in Houston, it was uh, unbelievable. Isn't that the way you say that? Um, but in New York, we have Houston Street or Houston Street? Houston. Well, does that make that doesn't make sense? It's spelled the same way. By the way, that's why they don't like you. In How Houston. do you know like who's saying Houston. it wrong and who's saying it right? <laughs> you know, d- data and data. <laughs> We All digress. Right. No, I'm sorry. You know what? It's a really good question, though, but I would tell you the pandemic as an association was the best thing that happened because we elevated the role of restaurants in Texas. And they needed help. And they needed a lot of help. And I think we made a decision. I was in Cabo when the governor's office called to say we're going to shut everything down. I supported that because we have 254 counties. Everyone was doing di- different clothes, open, mass, no mass. It was chaos. Shut them all down. Give us six weeks. We ended up actually coming back on May 1st of 20, which shocks people for indoor dining. Yeah. I think our return has accelerated rapidly compared to other states. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to one set of rules. So the governor worked with us daily. We helped reopen them. We set the guidelines. And then we actually went to the Hill and passed a lot of legislation to help these sort of great practices like alcohol to go, restaurants to sell groceries, reducing taxes, looking at property tax relief we just passed this year, like really formalizing all, <clears throat> sorry, all the innovation that occurred legislatively so it won't go away ever. And so I think for us, it's really about fighting for the operators and making sure that we have enough resources to feed, you know, a thousand people a day moving to Texas. It's really, it, it's incredible. There was, I mean, again, I'm being totally serious. We spent time with the show and it was the engagement with you guys. I feel like the, everybody knew everybody. Everyone, but yes. there was such a, That's a big state. major big appreciation state. for what the TRA has done. And again, getting legislation passed. I mean, you have a ridiculous track record um, in a relatively short period of time. Almost 17 um, bills. 17 bills. that doesn't pass. But there laws. was a real appreciation from the operators that you guys were in their you, you folks were in their corner. You were really working for them. Um, and what, you have 55,000 restaurants, I believe, if I'm paying attention? 55,000. 55,000 I'm going. I'm going real numbers. No, that's actually really good. Yeah, maybe no, 44 at this point. Yeah, it's, right I, I go real numbers. I, Jimmy, Jimmy throws around numbers. I go specific. <laughs> 
I want to be accurate when we talk about how many restaurants there are. Well, listen, let's also talk about uh, on Friday here in FS Tech in Dallas, you will be hosting, you will be moderating an industry innovation discussion featuring a few Texas-based operators that are putting technology at the forefront of their business. What can you share? Give us a little preview, a little taste. What can we expect from that? Yeah, I think what you're going to expect is there's a, a shift happening that we're going from getting anything we can in our restaurant to help us survive to now what are we going to do to increase our margin and how are we going to increase the guest experience and maybe more excited for us is all of the innovation that's happening around technology to improve the life of the employee yeah the pandemic brought that to a new level of focus for us sure and i think for us things like healthcare and early childhood learning and professional development and a lot of those scalable solutions that you can get through these technology innovations along with all the things we're doing to automate processes and redundant activities, but they go hand in hand. And so these operators are doing a lot of really cool things here in Texas because our lack of business regulation allows us to do pretty much anything to grow business. And I think they're thinking about it differently. It's not just about replacing jobs, but it's about allowing the people that work for us to do the hospitality, which is why they joined us, and get everything else out of their way. And that's exciting to me. Yeah, no doubt. Listen, it's uh, automation is great, but hospitality, it's a people business. Absolutely. And we need a lot of people. And right now, I mean, I don't know the exact number. You know better than me. But, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of openings right now across the country in restaurants and, and we hotels. We are still for the last two years. Yeah, and we still have jobs available. I mean, even the hotels you go to, they still can't get enough people to work. So plenty. Well, and the plenty. level of service, right? So yeah. we don't have enough mm-hmm. staff. The staff is tired. The customer's paying 20% more in some cases, and they expect a good level of service. So. I think a lot of guests don't, to this day, don't really understand that. I don't think that it really, everyone fully understands that some of the restaurants and hotels are still understaffed, and they go, and they're like, I can't believe how slow everything is. I'm like, there's one bartender. They can't get another one. I think they're, they're fatigued, right? Yeah. So they have tipping fatigue they're dealing with right now, which is a real issue. Yeah. They have lack of service when the prices are up so much. Yeah, true. Right? So I think what we've had is we've asked them to be patient for so long. Mm. And now as an industry, their patients are wearing thin. So it's, it's good, really our time to really focus on using technology yeah, to innovate. That's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now this dovetails into, again, I, I, I'll go on record as saying this is among the most misunderstood industries because everyone thinks they understand it they project their guest experience onto it and i'm not knocking the guests for that the fact is we don't even call them a customer we call them a guest we want Mm -hmm. them to feel at home we want them to be welcomed and feel we're an extension of their living room or dining room but there is a level of complexity in this industry that i think is lost on a lot of people haven't been in it but listen i want to jump into talking back i like to say shatsy talks all the time i'm just a quiet listener on this uh, yes, on this yes. everybody knows shatsy talks jimmy not so much right. you know two ears one mouth listen very short emails jimmy short emails short emails that's what they call me jimmy short email uh freshling yes um but talking back it's an opportunity where we have our guests ask us a question and as we like to say nothing's off the table emily the microphone is yours what's really going on in new york And I say that because we get a lot of news about the restaurants in New York, downtown New York, what's happening with crime. I have come to learn because I'm in a border state that what I hear on the news and what we see in our restaurants on the border might be very different. So what's really going on in there? Because the recovery was very long and very challenging. Great question. I got to tell you, I'm going to tell you a couple things, a couple things. Uh, And I'm not a... uh, well, Jimmy, I've only lived in New York 35 years, so I can't say I'm a native New Yorker. I'm from across the river in Jersey. Where are you born? Right? Where do you live growing New, up? New Jersey. Yeah. You ain't, you ain't okay. native, but you're okay. getting close. The Garden close. State, Jimmy. The Garden State. Or the umpire of the nation, depending on who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you're from New Jersey, it's the Garden State. 
if you're from other 49 states, armpit of the nation. But <laughs> but anyway, I think it's a it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. We've got a lot. You know, we personally, we uh, Jimmy and I and our group uh, run 15 restaurants in New York City, and uh, it's a it's a mixed bag. I will tell you, just the other day, Jim, I don't know if I shared this with you, but you know, we've got our cameras outside. We've got three restaurants right on where our office is, and and five o'clock in the morning, we see a car pull up. And a few gentlemen get out to pick up their cars. They're going to go home. And a couple of masked guys come up with guns and rob them. What? Right in front of, the, right in front of 235. Right, right on, on, par, on 19th Street. So we have the whole thing on video. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just 5 o'clock in the morning, though. So, you know, I mean, uh, we were home sleeping. I get to work an hour later. That's, yeah. that's terrifying to me. <laughs> that's terrifying. <laughs> Jimmy, that could have been you. So, you know, and that's right there. I mean, you know, and there are some instances where there's definitely... I would say more like, and we have outdoor seating still because the weather's still nice. People like walk by and just like knock all your wine glass off your table and just walk by. Like there's just like like wacky stuff like that that goes on. But, yeah. you know, but then there's just, then to me, there's just a sense like it's it's New York City. So I don't know. It's, it's a mixed bag, I'd have to say. It's, it's like I, I, I go, uh, Jimmy and I live on the Upper East Side. It seems great to me. The restaurants are full. Everyone's having a great time. But there's definite pockets and there's some, I don't know how you say it, there's definitely more um, like craziness kind of well, well, doing well, crazy gonna, things. I was going to add, I sometimes think the news you know, often does a disservice yes. um, or, or rather they, they, um, they talk about maybe the extremes because that is uh, that gets viewerships, that okay. captures eyes, it's so clickbait. Um, but I'll tell you, we went out to San Francisco and we overall had a really good experience and we thought the news was overhyped. But we went to a few areas on that trip and we noticed that some of those areas actually had their issues and, and it seems like it's gotten worse. And I'll tell you, in New York, we're having our own issues, very neighborhood um, uh, specific. Um, and and I think we're having our own. It, where there's smoke, there is fire. I Look, I've lived in New York my whole life. I remember when Times Square really was very different. Now it's like Disneyland. Uh, I remember being a but different. It's, it's changing. Uh, it's but, getting but a little bit. But now the pendulum is definitely swinging back. We've converted some hotels into places to help with the refugees and, and, and immigration. That's, and and we, have a, we have still have a work from home. Uh, being you know the occupancy in certain neighborhoods including Midtown and Wall Street it's is so low that it's hard for restaurants and a myriad of you know consumer facing retail businesses nail salons barber shops delis they can't survive so we are going through a real interesting phase but so you're not wrong to say what's really going on I'll also just add um, that our regulators or maybe some of the folks imposing some of the rules around us I, I feel they're, I'll give them their intentions, I, I think, are probably good. But with a lack of understanding of what it takes to run a small business or what it takes to run specifically a restaurant, um, and, to, and that we want to pay people a good living wage, of course idea? we do. What was my great idea? Anybody that wants to make any rules in New York City has to work in a restaurant for six months to a year, and then you can go try and, and make some. And they come in. But First, they, you got to work in a restaurant. Yes, but they, they're trying to impose things that – the word friction would, would not even do it justice. Well, it would be, it would be, they don't right. understand. They don't have to understand we business, period. So we, so we have a double edged sword right now. We have certainly a, a, a city that is, um, the pendulum has swung where crime is up, and certainly we're dealing with our own homeless, uh, you know, homeless issues, mental health issues, immigration, or rather, um, um, I guess um, my, a migrant, I think is the right, I think it's a fair word. Right. And, <laughs> and we have regulators right now that are somewhat punishing 
to local businesses, which makes it really hard. So it's a great question. I'm a, I bleed New York City. I'll be there for the rest of my life. This is a tough period for us right now. Yeah. But you're going to be okay. I'll be, we'll be okay. You'll be okay. I, I think as long as I think there's good conversations now being had that clearly there's something wrong and right. you need to now correct to Jimmy's point, probably a lot of really good ideas and good intentions right. that didn't intentions. work out how about, well. How about California? They just, they, 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 they didn't pass it. The, um, well, that, the yes. The, the, but, but, yeah, well, that, that, uh, we can get, that's a whole other podcast, whole right? Podcast. Oh, right yes, now, Jimbo, we got to get into the spices, right? Because right now, Emily Knight, come on down, because you're the next contestant on the spices, right? With Jimmy Frischling, come on down, because you're the next contestant on the spices, right? Emily, are you ready to play the spices, right? I'm, I'm unsure. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. In the what, Spices what Right choice, tradition. What choices do you have? We let's mic, see. We get our mic'd up. We, 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 we duct tape her to our chair. Well, you, <laughs> you know a little something about restaurants, so I suspect you probably know a little something about the cost of restaurants. So let's, let's know how much do you know about the cost of eating out and restaurants. Domino's Mixed Match Combo, which includes, Jimmy, medium two-topping pizza and an order of eight-piece chicken wings in New York City. Best guest in dollars and cents. How much are we going to pay for Domino's mix and match combo? Here, probably eighteen ninety nine. New York, one hundred and twenty four dollars. <laughs> a hundred. Uh, that's a, I, 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 Jimmy. You can take a guess. What was it? the first number? Was eighteen? Yeah, ninety five. Bob, I was hovering around. I was so bad the last time we Jimmy, played. Jimmy, it's two. It's a medium two topping yes. pizza and an order of eight I'm go piece chicken wings. Seventeen seventy five. Twenty four ninety five. You are both. Over, I'm sorry. I, apparently, New York City is quite the bargain these days. Uh, I am seeing right now at thirteen dollars and ninety eight cents. Wow! So chats, no, I, that's what chats, I'm getting chats, here. What do you do? Chats, what do you do when both guests go over? What do you do? He loves the They both over. I'm seeing. We'll have to go to Google on that. Domino's mix match combo and two. I don't know. It sounds really cheap. I got to be honest with you. That's Maybe a, that is a bargain for me. Do you think one hundred and thirty-nine dollars and eighty cents? I think you're missing it. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, you both lost that one. So let's right. go to let's go to the crystal ball moment. Let me right. jump in. Crystal ball moment, Emily. I'm going to ask you to put on your Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat uh, and predict the future. When we return here to FS Tech in the great city of Dallas, what are we going to be talking about? What are the hot topics going to be in in terms of hospitality and technology? Just two years, but things are transforming fast. So in two years? Two years. What are we be talking about? That's 2028. No. Yeah, that's close. (laughs) Emily's like, no, that's not two years. (laughs) That would be almost four. Aha. Um, No, you know, I I think it's going to be back to hospitality. You know, I, I really do. I think that we have we've moved so quickly to, you know, the ghost kitchen and fast and through a drive through multiple layers, two stories, get it out quick, get it out quick. And there's something to be said at the end of the day about even what we're doing here. And when you break bread around a table with a bunch of people, those that you don't know, and you actually have a dialogue, really great things happen. So yep. I think culturally for America, we need to make sure in all this innovation, we don't lose sight of what it is we do and what our culture needs. And that is really being around a table with a meal prepared with love and expertise and getting to know one another. So I hope, my hope is that in all of this, it does not just become a transaction with our consumers. I love it. I, I agree. For that to be got to slow part. down, man. And people are just like, somebody said to me, and I bring this up with Jimmy all the time, like when these um, ultra super fast delivery companies, like I'll get you anything you want. How fast? In 10 seconds, you're going to get it. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like, like, nobody cares how it tastes as long as it's fast. I'm like, 
really? Nobody cares how much, what it yes, tastes like? I mean, like, what it looks like? I'm, I care. Give it to me in an hour and a half and let it be really delicious and really good. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a tipping point, I think. But I just, I do, I, I worry because obviously we get all the wrecks of the new businesses coming in. We're under NDA a lot, like when Tesla came in. Okay, guys, Texas Restaurant Association, how can you feed all these people if we move them to Texas? Yeah. And we have so many companies coming in right now. Yep. And restaurant companies, interesting mm-hmm. enough. And so for us, it really is about beyond the quickness. That's where I really think we need to make sure. I totally center. agree with you. But you know what? There's no time like the present to go right into the brand of Quickfire. <laughs> Emily Knight, I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Speaking of slowing things down, let's do the Quickfire. Let's do the Quickfire because I got to really tell you, this that. podcast is taking way too long and we got to speed it up and go really fast. <laughs> We're going to do a podcast in five minutes. Uh, Quickfire, five lightning round questions. Emily Knight, are you ready? Uh, yes. Basketball star from Connecticut. Texas barbecue or Tex-Mex? Oh, this is actually unfair because I love them all. That's why I asked um, it. Um, Tex-Mex. Favorite Texas-based TV show? Dallas, Yellowstone, or Friday Night Lights? Walker, Texas Ranger. I like that. The right in. I love a right in. Like you write-in. see? I love that. That's Norris. why you're on the podcast. You see that? <laughs> Favorite Texas sports team? Oh, hmm. Uh, A&M basketball. I feel nice. Like you're still a New England gal. Nice. I like this. I'm a UConn Husky girl. Yeah, she's a Husky. A&M basketball. Favorite Texas-born singer. Is it Beyonce, Selena, or Kelly Clarkson? Oh, love a little Kelly Clarkson. Who doesn't like Kelly she's Clarkson? She's a good soul. National treasure. She she's is. a treasure, <laughs> I'm telling you. All right. Here's where things get a little crazy. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of horseshoes, who'd have better odds of beating both of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, I respect that. Yeah, I agree. I don't even is horseshoes. That's a, like you throw you a horseshoe into like a thing in the middle there, right? By the I, way, I don't even understand the I've game. I'm very good at these games. Uh, cornhole, horseshoes. Actually, I, who I, plays I, horseshoes I don't, anymore? I don't know. Is that it's I, dangerous? That's, Nobody it's very dangerous. It's dangerous. Someone can lose an eye. It's, it's very dangerous. It's yeah, I Emily, agree. we appreciate you not only uh, first of all doing this podcast with us. She'll be like, I'll never do this again. No, this but, was great. But Thanks really, we love what you and your team are doing um, with the TRA, and we are so looking forward uh, to contributing and being part of it. Um, so, from a couple guys from the East Coast, we can't wait to do some work with you in Texas. And Did Ben get mad? Married. Uh, ben is married next weekend. Oh, so is he? So he didn't go to Italy yet. He's here. That's oh, he's, it was a surprise. You just you just ruined the surprise. Which which part that I His wife thought she was just going on a trip. She didn't know she get married. Yeah, she didn't actually. Know. Well, this she podcast won't be on. There. He'll be in Italy when this gets released. He'll be all right. Oh, is it really a surprise? No, seriously. For her. Oh shit. Oh. All right, I hope I don't, really, I hope we don't spoil the whole thing. Spoiler. Oh, All right, well, awesome. Emily, Emily, thank, thank you, you so, so much, and we'll see you uh, tonight somewhere. Yes. Awesome. Thanks so much. I got to tell you, Jimbo, another amazing guest. Emily Knight is making things happen. In the industry we love. Boom. Basketball superstar. Basketball superstar. Now CEO, president, head of chairman, Texas Restaurant Association. 55,000 restaurants. Unbelievable. Making things happen. Super excited. Jimmy, it doesn't stop there because we have stop. another guest. Let's keep rolling. Another rock star. Yes. You ready? I'm ready. Make the intro. All right. We are so fortunate to have our friend, 
Angela Leet, CEO at QSR Automations. Mike, drop on that. We have the CEO of QSR Automations. Angela, we're thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thank you for doing it. We've had a lot of fun getting to know you. We love what you, uh, your company is doing. Um, and again, let's dig. Let's d- I got to tell you, we're going to dig in deep because I got to tell you, this is really interesting. Uh, Angela's got an incredible background, and we got to get to know her. Uh, an engineer, a councilwoman. CEO. So let's go back. It's 1986. We're in a small town somewhere in the Midwest. You're in high school and you're like, I want to be an engineer. Take it from there. I want to be an architect. I want to be an architect. I want to be an engineer. That's a memory. I want to be an architect. That's a good memory. Yes, yes. See, I want to be an architect. He was listening that night. Yes, yes. He'd only only had two glasses of wine. Exactly. Yes, yes. So you want to be an architect. But I couldn't afford to go to an architect school. Couldn't (laughs) afford architectural (laughs) school. Take it from there. What happened? And so how the, now CEO of QSR yeah, Automation? So then the closest thing was uh, engineering school. And I actually thought I had some fantastic idea that maybe I could architect cars because my dad was UAW worker. He was with Ford his entire life. I grew up in a garage, you know, putting engines in with him, rebuilding carburetors, doing fiberglass work on a 1963 Ford Galaxy. Um so I thought I would take that and then I'd maybe be able to work for one of the big three because back then there was... Yeah, like, listen. Three, but man, sure. things change, right? Yeah. By the way, I think we're on the cusp of like a, a Marissa Tomei moment in my cousin Vinny. Like we, get, we got Angela dropping name, cards of name, car names, makes, models, talking about fixing carburetors. Like, yeah, oh yeah, like you blend. Oh yeah, yeah. you blend. Yeah. You really love you really love my cousin Vinny. You're always bringing my cousin Vinny references. That's a classic movie. Yeah, yes. He's loving I mean, it. <laughs> It is awesome. Sorry to interrupt you. I'll take the reference. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I mean, now I'm really floating on a cloud. Yeah, no, this (laughs) is great. I love it. Um, But anyway, so ended up in engineering, uh, switched disciplines because I somewhere along the line realized um, I was not going to work for one of the big three because they didn't recruit from the school I was going to. Yeah. So then my next big thing was I always want to have a job. So yeah. civil engineers, when you look at where the government dr- dumps money to get out of recessions, it was on roadworks, airports, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I said, ooh, I can build stuff. So kind of architecture, kind of engineering, all problem solving at the end of the day. So really what I love is solving problems. I love and it. And that was kind of the, the beginning. So went through mechanical to electrical, ended up civil, and then licenses a, an environmental engineer in Texas. So wow. I'm kind of back in my home country, yeah. being here, Love got it. at FS Tech. Um, so my first corporate job was with a, a Taiwanese-owned corporation that was uh, in South-South Texas in the middle of nowhere. Who's that? What was that? Uh, Formosa Plastics. Uh, so, uh, Formosa. 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 Plastics. Plastics. <laughs> Yes, I love that jingle. Something like Thank that. you for reminding me of that jingle, Jimmy. <laughs> Classic. Great commercial. So, that was a Super Bowl commercial, if I remember. Formosa. Plastics. <laughs> that was brilliant. Great. You're only getting really creative. Yeah, no, that was good. <laughs> that was awesome. It's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. It is. So, so the, oh yeah, because you know, that's a great, that's almost a great segue. I yeah. Listen, I mean... I, I want, to, I want to wait. Oh, sorry. Keep going. We're going to get the councilwoman. No, so, yeah, uh, councilwoman. That's what I want to yes. get to. Councilwoman, because you're like, like political royalty here. I don't oh, think we've ever had a politician on. Really? I don't think so. Well, Jimmy? There you go. Did we just have one? Oh, she's really a politician. <laughs> Emily? <laughs> she's playing in the world of politics. Yeah, but well, she's right, really, I mean. That's exactly uh, what you have to do. Nice. I mean, it, and it's so, I mean, it's a, that's a great 
convo because when I was on city council, even in Louisville, we had that whole, I, I worked with our, you know, Kentucky Restaurant Association because there were regulations regarding food trucks and, um, I mean, these things are important and, and the regulations that come out on the other side, they actually matter. Sure. Because they can impact a lot of folks. And Emily just gave a lot of really great examples of how they made a positive impact to get our industry back on its feet again coming out of COVID. Um, but being in a, in a city council position was another problem solving venture, to be fair. Um, really? And, yeah. Hey, let me hear and, about this. And so, yeah, well, you just figure out how to... You, it's always about serving the greater good at the end of the day. And I'm a big advocate for if you're going to put it on a piece of paper and call it a regulation, then enforce the regulation. But we are really not good at doing that. But I like to make the rules, <laughs> but no one likes to enforce the rules. Could have taken the reservation. Anyone take any reservation. Got your reservation, Mr. Frischling. Is my room ready? No. I'm sorry, sir. We have no more rooms. Did you hear that too? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I heard a few people that that when I called the hotel, they're like, "We have 180 rooms uh, overbooked." I'm like, "Well, that's going to cause a problem." <laughs> yeah, that's what they told me. All right, all right. Like, all right. But I've got a great room, so I'm happy. As long as you're happy. Listen, we have a favorite game we like to play um, at trade shows, and it's always about you know what's like buzzword. Okay, there's always a hot topic. There's always a buzzword that everyone's talking about, and and again, in the category of uh, too much information. Well, when someone says the buzzword, Shatsy and I might take a uh, a fake or an air sip of wine or a shot, or sometimes it's a real uh, sip of Tonight wine. Tonight will be real, Jimmy. Tonight will be real. Oh, it's um, not real right now? Well, not, we, well, we don't, don't have the, ice, ice we tea. We don't get to play? We, we can. can. We, we can. can. We we can. But, but, but there's, I think there's no surprise. The buzzword at this show thus far is automation. I love it. Um, and I want to point out that, that back-of-house automation is actually not a new technology, but technology such as QSR automations has been an important part of the back-of-house tech stack. I mean, hiding in plain sight for years. So can you share a little bit more about your evolution um, and specifically QSR's automations? Because that's the buzzword, and it's kind of like, don't call it a comeback. You guys have been doing this for a little while now. Yeah, we've been at it for 27 years. Yep. And and you're exactly right. I, I think uh, hiding in plain sight is exactly what it was. And I, I, I even had the philosophy of more like, let's just fly below the radar. And working with restaurants directly to say, okay, here's the specifications. If you want a kitchen um, automation system, here's the specifications. We're pretty much the only one who can do it. And so give this to your folks for who are writing the RFP for your point of sales. And, you know, flash forward 27 years, and those rules are changing a bit, right? Um, because people realize, wait a minute, they have a market segment there, There's, mm -hmm. and it's sticky. And, um, but we are so fortunate because we've had amazing customers, some very large customers, who've been with us now for decades. I mean, and to say you've been in business, in a tech business, yep. for decades is huge. But it also carries a responsibility with it. And that evolution is important. And when I stepped into the role about two and a half years ago, um, I took the role seriously at saying, okay, let's make sure we're innovating, innovating for the, for the right reasons, and innovating in a way that's beneficial to the restaurant sector. So if you have a kitchen, that's the heart of, of your restaurant. That's the manufacturing yeah. Without sector. a kitchen, it's really terrible to have a restaurant with no kitchen yeah. i've been to restaurants with no kitchens the food is not awful. good that's good it's awful it's yeah. it's it's kind of like farm food isn't it? yeah it's just terrible it's so raw. i happen to it's agree pretty with raw that. yeah i agree yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> so no, but, I agree. I got to say, stick, sticking on the uh, on topic, I mean technology. I mean, you run a ginormous uh, tech company today. I mean, you have over seventy thousand restaurants, right? Installations. Correct. Installations. Installations. Uh, we'd love to have 70,000 different restaurants. 70,000 installations, say. over 300,000 restaurants. Yeah, that's sure. I love your numbers. Okay. Yes, he, he gives okay. the best numbers. Ginormous. Now, QSR yes. automation. So I want to do my book. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Not, not, I didn't say accurate. I didn't say accurate. <laughs> Crushing it, Jimmy. Crushing it. Aspirational. But I Aspirational think today, the, yeah, the, the, you know, good. you talk about buzzwords. I think tech stack has become a buzzword for restaurant operators that we didn't have CTOs and CIOs and, and IT departments. You know, you had the guy who ran the restaurant or the person who ran the restaurant. He was, uh, yeah, I'm doing my tech stack. I got a point of sale system. That's my tech stack, right? right? So tech stack's a big buzzword today. And I think that a lot of restaurant operators don't want to necessarily talk to every technology um, partner that they might need. They'd rather talk to maybe one or two. So you guys work with a lot. And I think that partnerships have become a really important part of the technology space today. Talk to us a little bit about your partnerships and how your strategy, and I know you're working with one of our uh, earlier investments in Kerbit, love those guys over there. And, but partnerships are a really important way to, to introduce some new ideas or some features to some operators without them having to go directly to that company. Right. I, I think it's important. Um, and I, I think our restaurants do that, right? I mean, you've been talking about Tex-Mex versus barbecue. Well, maybe you can find Tex-Mex and barbecue in the same the place, same but they tend to ha have their own niche, right? Yep. They, that's where they stay focused. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that QSR Automations has been doing for 27 years. We've stayed focused on the kitchen because we understand that's, that's really... That's the heart and soul, the man. Core. That is. It's yeah. the heart and soul. And so... What comes out of that is is so important, but you're right, this tech stack decision, and we'd love for that decision to, to start being made from the kitchen first and not from I'm like hearing we, like, like hearing background. like a band just like lit up or something. Are you hearing you're not hearing like music? I, did. There's a party. I think I, there's a party just started like in the lobby or something. I'm maybe sorry. It was, maybe it was those shots you did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I, just, I, I I know that everyone heard a little something there. Yeah. So No, I, I think the focus is so critical. We we work with a lot of early stage companies and the speed of which that maybe even a, a potential prospect or a, a potential customer could could hint with something they might like and all of a sudden get distracted by a shiny object and my comment to them has been be great like nail this one thing that that is the value proposition we gave you money because you had product market fit get that done prove it and if you hit a certain threshold we can discuss maybe doing other things but i feel what you've accomplished over a not short a period of time in terms of you said over two decades right. of being in these restaurants as they're in a tech business and being their go-to solution for back of house automation is pretty amazing right so. uh, and 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 not to just be stale yep. because the point is is None of us want to become the BlackBerry, right? Yep. We want to. We want to continue to evolve. Jimmy we still want to has a BlackBerry. To in, oh, that breaks my heart. I so wanted it to survive. You know, I saw some yeah. people there. They, they, like the software is still there. They have Software's an iPhone with there. the BlackBerry yes. operating system. Still, yes, oh. they, they'll do fine. But you're right. If you're, a friend of mine used to say, "If you're standing still, you're falling behind." Right. So. And so I think that's been the funnest part about being at QSR Automations for me is is like really just kind of infusing that burst yep. of energy to say. What are we going to do next? And I'm not asking folks to like, let's reinvent something yep. that's already out there. 
because I don't want to be a follower. I want to be the innovator. Oh, I want to be on the front edge. And so that's really what we're we're all about. And 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 having, you know, you hate to say something good came out of something bad, but for us the kind of the, the reality is is that people are now looking at mm-hmm. that tech stack as you said and mm-hmm. oh what can I do better to operate my kitchen and and having operators who say, wait, how can I use technology and benefit in my kitchen from it? And we we have your answer. Okay. So KDS, run, run KDS is the buzzword now, is. man, because, you know, dupes are out. KDS is in. Dupes yeah, but let me just, I'm going to add, because QSR automations is way more than a kitchen display. Oh, that I know. That I know. So I, I like to call us part of that digital transformation. And yes, kitchen automation system but back in the house just never would get doesn't get a lot of attention it's getting attention now because now you got to figure out how to be more efficient and you know it's like how much labor in the front of the house can i chop eventually there's only so much you've got to go find other areas to be more efficient to our listeners i mean i feel very lucky a how many we have i mean sixty thousand downloads now a month and many of them are operators many of them are in the industry and i love that but for all the listeners who are not if you want to understand the importance of back of house and the things that Angela's talking about, I'm going to bring you to golf. And I'm not a golfer, but I understand the concept I've of I've played golf. with Jimmy's hard, hard. Okay? Oh, so don't ask him to be on my force. Yes. No, absolutely not. The, the expression is you, caddy, you, you, drive, you drive for dough and you putt. Uh, sorry, it's sorry, you, you drive for sh- sorry, you drive for show putt and for you dough. putt for dough. And I'm telling you, in our industry, in the restaurant industry, the money is made and lost in the back of the house. Okay, and that it's yes, it, it is not the place where everyone is, let's say, most knowledgeable or most they don't see it. That is where all of it, money made, lost, and otherwise, is happening in the back of the house. So there you go. All right, talking back, um, Angela. We love to bring guests on the uh, the podcast. We love asking questions, but we did lo- learn along the way that sometimes our guests have a question for us. So we created talking back. Uh, the microphone is yours. Nothing's off the table. Oh, wait a minute. I get to ask you. you get to ask yeah, it doesn't mean we're going to answer, but you can ask. You can ask. Wow. I mean, that wasn't even on, like, the little script, so, like, this is totally. Surprise. This is, we this leave is that off, off. This is off piece. Yes, yes, go ahead. Um, I like we it. We can edit. We can edit. We have movie magic. Ooh, what, what, what is going to be good? Um, gosh. And you caught me without words to find somebody who's what a that? politician and CEO. Yeah, Jimmy. It's unbelievable. Do you I, want Jimmy to ask you a question? Could, and it could be the that. old double reverse even, talking back? Double reverse uh, mind And trick. then that, that's exactly what will happen. He'll ask me a question, and then I'll think, oh, yeah, now I got yeah, a Yeah, yeah, should have asked that to Shatsy. So, so do you want me to ask a question? I'll ask a question. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Oh, you want me to ask, or you want to come back with one? No, you go okay. first, and then I'll... I'll All right. Then, 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 I, then I will come up with... I'll, I'm going to come up with one, which is over the last... We are going through a digital transformation. Hardest part uh, in your role of addressing or delivering or presenting your company in, 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 in the midst of this digital transformation, which is going at a blazing speed. What has been a you know, particular maybe challenging moment or maybe even a joyous one? And you can answer both or you can pick, pick one you like. I, what I think is the most challenging right now is to your point is, is it's about having the best in class. And I think you know, one of our core values is, is being the GOAT Mm-hmm. And you know we have we're the home of Muhammad Ali and all that good stuff. So greatest of all time matters, and um, and but we we choose we're intentionally choosing to stay focused where where we are best in class mm-hmm. in the kitchen, and finding partners who are willing to come with us and align with us like a Kerbit, mm-hmm. where we can 
really kind of find those match points and then find a way to collaborate to present a full solution to customers. Because that's at the end of the day. The scary part for them is how do I make all these different tech platforms talk to one another? Yes. yes. How do we overcome that? Like, Integration, Jimmy. I, but And that would be my question for you all. Like oh, what? Well, you missed what, your chance. You had the chance. We no, gave no, you the no, mic no, no, and no. you said nothing. No, no, and you no, had to have Jimmy ask the question. Missed a chance. Oh, come on. All right. We'll let you go, Whatever. Angela. How do you, how do you think we overcome that challenge? What's your idea of how we overcome the well, challenge that a of the integration? That, that's yeah, a yeah, that's a question. There she, she, I told you she'd come back with one. Of, there you go, Shatsy. Jeez, I didn't know she was really going to ask a question, yes. Jimmy. You weren't, you weren't, <laughs> I, there's a cha the challenge of integration, I mean, there's a few challenges with integrations. A, you can't integrate with everybody because it takes a lot of time and energy and money to find, you know, to integrate. It's, it's, it's tricky. And I'm not a, a computer programmer, and I don't even pretend to be. But from what I understand, it's, it, you know, so you have to know who is important to be integrating with. So that's a challenge right there. And is it, you have to, it goes back to the partnerships. You have to really find what's most important for your customers. What are they looking for? And what are they asking for? I know when we talk to some point of sale companies, they say, you know, hey, uh, or, or a tech company says, hey, I really want to integrate with this so-and-so point of sale. And the point of sale company is like, no one's asking for that. Yes. I got a thousand customers. No one's asking for what you want. So why am I going to spend the time? So. It's, it's a challenge, and I'm sure you're getting that because people are probably calling you up. Angela, can you, we want to integrate with you guys. That's great, but no one's asking for what you're selling. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, challenging. I think we're going to see, and we already, we already started to see a consolidation. Um, this is the most fragmented industry I've ever seen. Um, and then we're going through a digital transformation, and there's this explosion of software as a solution and a myriad of, you know, uh, innovations that are IoT, you know, uh, uh, Internet of all things. And it's overwhelming to operators. And the, the, to me, the issue is going to be is they want to start bundling and integrating, and that's going to result in a reduction in the number of players. Um, I think when we started our investment business a little over five years ago, people acted like Switzerland. They'd play with everyone, they talked to everybody, they work with everybody. And while it's a really nice thing, it's also somewhat inefficient. And I think we're going to start seeing. Yeah, you're already seeing it, Jimmy. People come together and they're going to bundle and integrate with each other, and they're going to present a best in suite. And to me, I think a QSR automation is going to be part of a lot of people's suite and you'll have I mean I do believe this you will have a lot of choices because of how well you've delivered value for your customers um, but in some firms in some parts of this market I think we're gonna see a lot of firms a lot of platforms gonna go away because they just don't have either the value proposition or they don't have enough heft in this market to require the POS's or otherwise to invest the time and capital and engineering resources to bring them onto their platform. So I think we're going to see a consolidation. Okay, I love so it. So this is a question for you. Can Another I question? Yeah, I get a twofer. Wow, Jimbo, this is amazing. A twofer. Yes. Really, so we're, we're breaking the mold here. We're breaking this, the mold. This is going to be my podcast. Go, yes. go. This is Angela Leet's podcast. <laughs> Actually, we got to give her name. The, the restaurant guy, the technology guy. I don't know, the, the engineer. QSR the, with Q, Angela. QSR with Angela? No, yeah. it's got to be something. Q. Something better than that. All right, well, we have marketing people. Right, that was, that. we have marketing well, what's people. What's your question, Angela? I'm ready to play. No, so so the question is, is what, what when we were just talking about that tech stack, what are restaurants really missing? You just said you started your restaurant investment fund. Yep. What What is missing from the tech stack that needs to be there? That, well, that's, okay, that, there's, there's, I want to answer your question, but I also want to, um, just make sure I, I, I want to make it clear. Operators right now are going to focus on the highest priority, highest challenge, opportunity, 
or otherwise. One, they're, they're, it's a JIT group. It's a just-in-time group like I've never seen before. So you might present them with a challenge number 76, as I like to say. They can't allocate the time and attention to it because they're fighting for their lives and they're, fighting, and they're scrappy and they're, they're getting stuff done. So twofold. One is I think they have to sort out some of the things battling labor and supply chain uh, and you know procurement and some of the issues that are still, let's say, of top of mind. But if I could say the one thing I think is missing meaningfully is in most other, I mean, we, we, we flew here to Texas. I think most people sitting in my, in my radius of my seat didn't pay the same. We're at this hotel together. I bet most people on my floor didn't pay the same. And yet in our industry, with, you know, you call it dynamic pricing. That's probably the wrong marketing tool. But revenue management, it's like we're held to a standard in this industry that I think is somewhat unfair. And maybe it's because of the way we, you know, we participate and enjoy food and beverage. It's more personal than getting on a plane. Um, and there's also four major airlines versus the million restaurants that one could go to. But to me, I think what's missing in the industry is the fairness both to the guest and to the operator that revenue management dynamic pricing we we should allow these businesses and as guests as customers we should allow them to optimize because i might be the beneficiary of dining at a point of day that is more advantageous for me and if you dine at saturday night eight o'clock maybe it should be different but right now the guest is not prepared to accept it and operators are afraid of really angering their guests, but I think dynamic pricing and so revenue So more management. granular su supply demand yep. equation is yes. what you're looking for. Yep, I think. Nice. Oh yeah, and I've got my name. You can just call me the kitchen chick. Angela. Boom. The kitchen chick. Oh, by the way, if, we, if I would have said that, I gotta tell you, my wife would have called me up and like, would you just call the kitchen chick? But Angela said it, yeah. kitchen chick. Yeah, the kitchen chick. That works. By QSR. That works, that works. works. By the it. way, that works really well. Yeah. No, but I, I dig it. I, you know, listen, I mean, I, I remember in New York City, Jimmy, and, uh, when, you know, we, we got introduced to Uber. I don't know when we got introduced to Uber, but whatever. Let's say it's 10 years ago, whatever the number is. And I remember in New York City, like, it starts raining or snowing and, you know, and the prices change accordingly. And if you remember some politicians, came, that's not fair. It's, it's not fair. How could you change the price? What do you think? It's not fair. If you don't want to the walk in the snow, if you don't want to, yes. Jimmy wants to pay more, he'll pay more. If he doesn't want to pay more, supply and demand, the markets will change. If, if, if Jim, no one wants to pay more in the snow, then the price will go down. Yes. So, I mean, it's just, you know, but, but we've seen it in so many industries and hospitality, which I look at as airlines, hotels, car rentals, restaurants, it's happening, just not in restaurants. So it's 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 happening now, and it needs to happen. And I think if done the right way, uh, the guests will embrace it. Uh, Jimmy, I think it's a great segue into the spice is right. Spice is right with the Dallas, Texas, and the kitchen chick, kitchen like, chick, and a finance sounds, guy. Sounds like a movie. So like Angelique, come on down because y'all the next contestant on the spice is right. All right, here we go. We are going to pay play in real. Spice is right tradition. Let's see how well you know the cost of a typical Chipotle combo meal. Okay. Um, which includes, Jimmy, you probably know this already. It's a burrito or bowl with a choice of protein, rice, beans, salsa, cheese, and sour cream. Cost at an average Chipotle. What is your best guess in dollars and cents, Angela? And it doesn't include a drink? No, not in this particular oh, game. If you want, we can do a drink, but I would have to change my whole script here because I have a dollar amount and I have to add and I have to get right. my calculator out. And So let's just go All no right. drink yes. and then I'll get a drink All and right. add you know it to I'm going to do it like I pick my lottery numbers. Go ahead. I'm going to pick my son's birth month, my youngest son's birth month, this is eight, 
and my oldest son's birth date, 19. So we're going to go 819. $8.19. Jimmy, what do you think the burrito bowl or bowl goes for? I I was gonna just I could just go a penny more, but that would that would not be fair. The number I had in my mind was twelve dollars and sixteen cents. And Jimmy has bet has Jack guessed over. Angela's the big winner of the showcase showdown. Johnny, what did she win? Well, Angela, you've won an all expense paid trip to Hawaii. <laughs> that is so awesome and so not true. It's ten ninety five, by the way. It's ten ninety five. Wow. Yeah. So Angela, you were oh, close. Jimmy went over, and you know prices right rules. You cannot go over uh jimbo let's go to the crystal ball moment and then we'll bring it home huh yes. the crystal ball moment angela uh, sorry the kitchen chick um we're gonna ask you to put your creskin or keep it keep it quick jimmy we're at 45 Ms. minutes Ms. already Ms. Cleo, in this podcast Ms. Cleo, the, Ms. Ms. Cleo hat how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now okay restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and tech we come back here to fs tech two years from now what do you think we're gonna be talking about in under 30 seconds yeah i think we're gonna find that restaurants are the right sized Fantastic. Well said, Ed. Don't rush. Don't rush her. I'm not rushing. Well said. Great answer. The kitchens are going to get bigger to deal with the off-premise demand. The guests will probably get larger as well, I think. And then the kitchens look yes. That is the trend, but you know. No, you know what? I think with Ozempic out there, I think the kitchen get bigger and the guests will not get bigger. Not with Ozempic. This was sponsored by Pfizer and Ozempic. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Yeah. But what what, a, what else? No, that was it. That was you it. Got excellent, it. excellent. I mean, excellent. The, kitchen, the kitchen is still going to be the epicenter of that restaurant. Angela, the Angela and I are afraid of you, Shats. You're like, <laughs> your eyes are red. You're glaring at us. Go ahead. All right. yeah. Angela, we got to go right we now. It's time for the Brandon Quick Fire text edition because Jimmy's got to take a shower and put a suit on for our cocktail that's, party. That's way too and he hasn't had lunch. And he hasn't had lunch this yet. we got barbecue get. waiting over there. All right. Five lightning round questions. Angela, are you ready? Yes. Texas Barbecue or Tex-Mex? Tex-Mex. Favorite Texas-based TV show? Dallas, Yellowstone, or Friday Night Lights? Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Oh, Yellowstone. Favorite Texas sports team? Uh, the Astros. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? You didn't say I said all time. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. All time. Why not? Yeah. They don't have to exist anymore. No. <laughs> Favorite Texas-born female singer? Is it Beyonce? Is it Janis Joplin or Kelly Clarkson? Janis. Yeah, I got to tell you, I got Janice Joplin. All right, here we go. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a Texas two-step dance competition, who do you have better odds of beating? Jimmy, show her your shoes with your with your no with your little no seam socks. You know, two, you know, two people have to dance together for a Texas two. Step. Yeah. Oh, is, yeah. Okay. So, so would it be? Who's gonna be a better dancer? Yeah. Who's a better, the better dancer? dancer? Yeah, Jimbo, yeah. I talked the point to Jimbo. Because look at Jimmy. Look at look, he had like the no seam socks on. Jimmy's Jimmy fly. He floats. He floats. He floats. Yeah, Jimmy floats. Like Jack Black, white on my feet. And Jimmy, <laughs> you know Jimmy's favorite TV show is Dancing with the Stars. Boom. But he likes the OG one with uh, who's the original guy that hosted it? Oh, I don't remember. Remember? Yeah, I don't remember. The gray haired guy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, not so much. Favorite show about. that you made up, but sure. No, I didn't make no. that show. Dancing no, 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 with the no, no, Stars. No, no, no. You made it up. That's my favorite show. <laughs> oh, that part. Yeah, no. I don't know what you, Jimmy doesn't watch TV. It's, it's really. It's, he doesn't uh, have time to. Who's he's, got the time? Uh, you know, hang out all the time. He's always yeah, on the podcast. On. He's always. Like, he, I can't tell you. If he's on the podcast, he's writing long emails. He's, uh, yeah, listen, I got to tell you, Angela, I know you're super busy. You got to add 72 more thousand restaurants to the platform. Tomorrow. Love what tomorrow. you guys are doing uh, yeah, tomorrow. So it's going to be a big day. We hope to see you later tonight. It's going to be a big, big, uh, we're super excited to be here. This is great. 
Thanks for thanks for coming on the uh, the hangout. Angela, thank you so much. It's Glad a lot of fun. to be here. Thanks awesome. for having Kitchen me. Kitchen chick in the house. I like Boom. it. Boom. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, I got to tell you, another incredible guest. We are killing it on this podcast at FS Tech live from Dallas. And I got to tell you, Jimmy, it doesn't stop. You were like saying, shots, that can't be anymore. It can't get any better than this. But it can. You know what? If we if we finished just a moment ago, I would have said Dianu. That was plenty. But you Dianu. know what? Dianu. Dianu. That was real. We really went. We really went there? Okay. No, we're still, <laughs> we're sticking with our C-suite list of guests on the podcast. I don't know how we get them. We'll probably never get them again because once they do the podcast, they're like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> but we got to tell you, we are super excited to have Dawn Gill, a senior vice president, chief information officer, Jimmy C. I-O at Golden Corral. Boom. I mean, we are very fortunate. Dawn, give us a little intro about yourself and Golden Corral and what's cooking. Oh, all right. We are cooking for everybody, including families. So uh, that is our business. We're focused. We're a brand that's 50 years old. And we've been serving families for years. Not New York City, though. I do not see a Golden Corral in New York City. I get ads. I get ads on TV. And I'm always saying... Why is there not a Golden Corral in New York City? Actually, there's one close by. Where? Um, so I can't exactly oh, okay. give you the But address, it's in the state. It's in the state. It's in the state of New York. Yeah. <laughs> so you can find a Golden Corral. Okay. All right. We're going to have to go find it. But, but Dawn, <laughs> sh- share your journey with us. You, your journey from 7-Eleven to Torchies to Freebirds World Burritos. Yes. And now... At home at Golden Corral. That is, I that's love, an impressive, I impressive love those list. Brands. I mean, that's awesome. Yes. Combined, there's probably forty-seven thousand stores. <laughs> there are a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, yeah. So I started Seven Eleven, um, and I spent fifteen years there, uh, convenience retailing, and actually, that's where I got introduced to the restaurant industry, because Seven Eleven purchased Stripes the brand and right. it had Rita Taco Company in it. And that's when I got to uh, better understand the restaurant business because uh, I had to get to learn the technology that supported kitchen operations pretty quickly. And I had yeah. no idea what the heck that was. Uh, so uh, I was integration manager and uh, had to understand how a 7-Eleven convenience store brand would support a uh, a restaurant concept that actually cracked eggs in the back, which right, we've yeah. never done before because we were all heat and serve. And right? you think about it today, convenience stores are basically they're restaurants today. They, well, they they're come along with now they're restaurants. They're competing. They're competing with QSR now. Exactly, because they're actually legitimately cooking food. Yeah. So that's where I got the introduction, and then um, I had the opportunity to step into Torchies. Unfortunately, uh, three months before the pandemic. Timing, timing. Yeah, but Tor- Torchies does rock it out, though. I was just in, I was just in Colorado, dropped my son off at Boulder, and there's a big Torchies right down, right over That's there. Right. It's but uh, and we had G- and we had. Did you know GJ Hart? Yes. GJ was on the uh, the podcast just a long time ago. Yeah, great. So you weren't there. So that uh, was short short lived over there, Torchies. Yeah. Well, you know, things were a little rough back then. Uh, you don't have to tell me. I know. We lived it. We <laughs> yeah. all lived it. So here you got a brand. You know, at the time, just before the pandemic, that uh, was doing probably. Oh, I mean, 14 14% off premises ordering. Yep. That went to 100% off yeah, in a day. In a day. In a, in a day. day. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a big so, change. Oh, that we ha- I have great stories to tell about that one, just like everybody else does that uh, went through that process. And um, so then uh, after that, I uh, was looking for my next, op- next opportunity and uh, ended up uh, over at Freebirds World Burrito. And uh, Alex Eagle was anxious to. Um, Love Alex. Yeah. 
Alex was anxious to uh, go through the process of a digital transformation and refresh the brand's technology because, you know, the brand was 30 years old and had been going through some changes. So their, uh, their technology was about 12 years old. So I uh, was there and did a full digital transformation for that brand as well. The first thing so, you did over there, I'm just curious. The first thing. Like when you're jumping into a brand that's 30 years old and you got to change some tech, what do you go and look at? Ah, the first thing you look at is their communication software. Mm -hmm. How are they communicating? How do the functions actually collaborate with each other? Uh, how do they stay on track and m make sure that everybody's going in the same direction, right? right? right. Um, and where are they spending their money? Uh, uh -huh. Because usually if you're going to invest in digital transformation, you have to have funds from somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you go looking for Did where... you go ask for a big budget and they said no? No, I don't have to do that, actually. Oh, <laughs> because that. Uh, you don't have to do that in terms of just asking for money. You just go in there and talk about what they can make. What's the return on investment? Yes. What's the upside if you actually spend And you get anything you want once you say upside. Uh, not upside, but you do. You better tell them about what those dollars mean to them on a day-to-day yeah. -day basis and right. how it affects either the guest experience or the employee experience, or for that matter, just your profit. I so, love it. I mean, that's the kind of work you do up front. You trench it out, and then, um, unfortunately, we were in that one of those positions where the POS equipment was aged, so it was failing. So oh. we had no choice. You get behind it. You got to. Go take a look at, w at what needs to get done there and make sure that the operation can sell. I love line. it. And then and then, and then, then back it down to, to at Golden Corral. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to say something. I don't know of a restaurant concept that really had a tougher time than a, a, a buffet concept that a tough time during the pandemic. I mean, you know, you, you had no off-prem. The whole concept was come in and it's a buffet. And now you shut down. Three months. I mean, I mean, that's just like. And you got to admire the brand because after that shutdown and having to deal with all that presented in terms of challenges, the brand was able to turn around and actually restart and rethink who they were. Right. So Golden Crown as a brand now is much stronger than it was pre-pandemic. Got it better? It's one of the best things that ever happened to the organization. If you think about a 50-year-old brand looking forward to the next 50 years. Yeah. And so um, we get engaged and uh, they came and asked me to take a look at Golden Corral because uh, of my past and what mm -hmm. I'd been doing and um, asked to help them in their digital transformation journey and their change. So that's- So, what, uh, like, what, what so when you jump into that, like what's the first thing you look at there? Ah, oh my goodness. It's a buffet, it's a buffet and everything. everyone's talking off-prem, off-prem, off-prem and this is like, I gotta get you inside, inside, inside. Well, one of the magic things about Gold Corral is that when they were rethinking about who they wanted to be going forward, they decided that they wanted to diversify. So they've come up with a QSR concept. It's called Homeward Kitchen. I don't know if you've ever if you've heard of that, but Homeward Kitchen and the concept is bringing those good old Southern down-home recipes that you can get um, and you have at the buffet and putting them in a quick-serve concept. Right. So QSR, the, the, the the concept, the model has been designed. It, it's The plan is to open it at the end of the year. And so my first challenge is to go get that restaurant tech stack that's going to run that QSR. Out of, out of all the Golden Corrals? Oh, out of that kitchen? Actually, no. Oh. It's going to be a standalone Oh, concept. really? Yes. Is that breaking news? Legit. It's not breaking news. Jimmy, that's the... breaking news. It actually was breaking news. Oh, my. Yeah, hey, sometimes Give it to you I can't... think that was breaking <laughs> news. I didn't hear that before, and I know a lot about the news. 
<laughs> it's breaking it, to me. It, yeah, well, um, it's certainly been discussed, um, and it's. You didn't talk to well Jimmy and I about. It, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, give you, we'll give you breaking news. As far as this podcast is concerned, you broke it, Chats. Uh, well, okay, okay, that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Next time you're going to do something, please talk to Jimmy and I first. I <laughs> Coming do. up with these great ideas, not uh, talking to us. Oh yeah. All right. So, so it's full QSR drive-through online ordering, and plan is to to have that available to our guests walking in. I certainly have the basis and the foundation to help to design that technology stack that's going to serve the the restaurant and then followed very quickly behind is going to be the refresh of the buffet concept and the technologies are going Wait, to be did you say buffet buffet you say buffet or buffet, <laughs> buffet concept. jimmy do you see what we hear for <laughs> <Buffet>. data data <laughs> and then what was the other one we had today <laughs> potato potato no but we had another one what was the other one? i forgot we had somebody else but buffet or buffet <laughs> buffet concept <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna give it to her. I'm okay. Buffett? Buffett. Like Jimmy Buffett? May you rest in peace. May, May you rest, rest in, in peace. peace. Yes. Right. That's I what know. I was going to see. My uh, whole thing was just getting to Jimmy Buffett right now. Take it away. Keep going. I apologize. Uh, no, so that's I get the- sidetracked very easily, as you can see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, I want to I want to jump in here. Yeah, um, sure. Longtime listeners know that I love isms. I got favorite isms. I got a lot of isms. We're scared of his isms. And we're not going to talk about my isms right now. But I do want to talk about your isms. Okay? When it comes to growth, and when it comes to building, you have a motto, um, at least I, I understand, build the plane as you fly it. Build the plane as you fly it. When it comes to tech integrations, this is a philosophy that couldn't be more accurate in my opinion. So as tech and innovation continues to be woven into the restaurant infrastructure, there's a real-time learning curve for sure here. Can you share more on your philosophy of build the plane as you fly it? Well, if you think about it, uh, a great example is what happened uh, during the pandemic. Let's face it. You know, when you go from 14% or 19% online ordering off-premises, and then all of a sudden you're at 100%, you're building that plane as you fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You're yeah, trying yeah, to sell yeah. that food, right? And so um, one of the things that the team I was working with had to do was, how do you get that point of sale device out onto the corner, <laughs> out onto the curb, outside the front door of the restaurant and sell the food, which is what we ended up doing, right? Because right? we didn't have that much of a robust uh, structure mm-hmm. to to allow us to have that food ordered um, in a manner that we wanted. And we did have a lot of guests. A lot of people went looking for food during the pandemic just to get in the car and go out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to serve that guest. So um, talk about building the plane. So we uh, we actually took the POSs and put them on a table and sat them on the sidewalk, right? I love it. I <laughs> that mean, that, 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 see, that's what true restaurant operators <laughs> ready, do, man. Ready. Get it yeah, done. Get you got to get it done, get it man. Done. And, and that required you to take the access point off the wall and pull the the, the Ethernet cable. Yes, off, yeah. Over the I'm sure you had extension cords running out into the. Thing. Get us some extension cords. Get us some multiple ports. <laughs> yeah. Right. Meanwhile, we were looking at having a mobile POS running on a tablet. Um, and the team got together, and we actually were able to use and leverage the tablet and put uh, a card reading device on it. And we did that within an eight-week period to try to support the you know, off-premises. Yeah, server. sure. That's service. awesome. I love so, it. So that was the kind of thing that it got we, everybody got creative on. Um, but that's a good example of you know, basically building a plane while you're flying it. 
I, I love it. I love it. You know, being an, oper- an operator requires uh, a certain level of grit, as you just uh, as you just said. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you like to see. And we saw it all the time in New York City, operators that were, like, closed down, and they were, like, making boxes of food and, and selling ketchup and vegetables and doing anything they could to help their community and also stay afloat to bring in some income as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and you must have a million stories like that because you've been around a while and you've been to a lot of really great brands. Can you share a couple of more, a couple of interesting stories, your time in the trenches and just some other tales you've had? I mean, in your story, in your, in your, your career at 7-Eleven and Torchies and, and Freebirds, et cetera? Yeah, so one of them is really interesting. So uh, the transition with Freebirds World Burrito, uh, we were going through this process of uh, redoing our point-of-sale device and, and all the front-of-house technologies. Um, what presented it to, uh, to uh, the challenge that we got presented at the time was that we uh, actually had a booth, a long-standing, 12 years, I believe, for the, the Houston Rodeo. You guys have ever been to the Houston Rodeo? No, but I've been in Houston. It was very hot. Very it's hot. It's a massive rodeo. Massive event, the Houston Rodeo. I can only imagine. A lot of cowboy hats it's there. A lot of cowboy hats, and it's two weeks long. Wow. So it's more like the state fair. Right, right, right. <laughs> and they have some of the most magnificent concerts there, and it's at the NRG Stadium, which is where they pay, play football. Yeah, that's got to be big. I'm going to imagine so. Probably, uh, yeah. The entire parking lot is turned into a fair, right? Awesome. So, and, and the, um, you know, where the food court is, is massive. So it's like each of the food court tents is a football field big. Oh, my. <laughs> with the restaurants on one side and the seating on the other. So it's it's just a huge thing. Anyway, Freebirds had a, a booth there. And um, unfortunately, the technology we had at the time really was failing us pretty badly. So the brand-new POS that we were about to uh, roll out, it's just been tested. We decided we took <laughs> took a risk, and we took those, those POSs out to the, to the rodeo. And we went and muscled it through, but the new POS is stood up to the test, and actually we served some, I don't know, we did $150,000 worth of food. Wow, (laughs) wow. That's awesome. So that was like your test of that new new point of sale, won the RFP. That's right. Won the RFP right there, you know? I mean, I gotta I mean, love uh, it. Who, who does that, right? Who yeah. takes who takes the, that kind of technology and just sticks it into fire like that? And and this place is where you know it's during spring break, so you got a lot of people drinking coming through. There. Yeah. <laughs> so people were like turning turning drinks over on the carburetor, yeah. and it's so, like, oh yeah, <laughs> we proved we. It, that was yeah that was i love it that's great. grit baby yeah. yeah tried and tested i want to kick off talking back uh shats and i we started a podcast we enjoy bringing on guests and friends and chatting about the industry and getting to know people but we also learned along the way that sometimes our guest has a question for us so as i like to say nothing's off the table uh dawn the microphone is yours oh boy oh boy so uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to ask the question. So Shatsi has this fantastic name, right? It's difficult. It is. It is. It's beautiful. Difficult to forget that one, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. So how long have you, Shatsi, been around the restaurant? Business? Oh, that's a. E- I thought it would be a hard question. That's an easy oh, question. Oh, well, no, oh part two? Part two. Oh, part there's a part, part two. Part two, Roman numeral small I. <laughs> two yes. I. Yeah. Sorry. Part two. And what do you think is the significant difference between the restaurant technologies tax of the past 
the, it, when you first kind of got in. And no, I oh. want to hear you describe yeah, it. Yeah, that's easy. I got to say, that's an easy one. Great question, great question, great question. Uh, what was the first part? Shatsy, Shatsy, darling in German. Darling in German. How long have uh, you been in the business? 30 <laughs> years. 30 years in the restaurant business. Started as a bartender. Jimmy actually started as a bartender too. He went finance. I stayed restaurant. Uh, and we've been friends for uh, longer, as long as that, uh, 30 something years. Um, but yeah, 30 years in the restaurant space. Um, so I've, I've seen a lot. And always, always embracing technology uh, to to find, uh, you know, really uh, support the restaurant and use tech to help us increase sales, reduce costs, et cetera. Using companies like Open Table and, and Compete and Avero and uh, Seamless Web for delivery, I mean, things like that. But really, I mean, from a technological standpoint, when we first started, I mean, you had a point of sale system. And that was your that was your tech stack. You had point of sale, and people were like, "Well, of course I know technology. You got a point of sale, and you could, you know, touch it, and that was really cool, you know. And you could send an order, and it would print up somewhere else. And that was your tech stack, you know. And adding a, a couple of things like reservations with Open Table oh, that yeah. was that was a oh, big yeah. deal twenty three years ago, you know. Yeah. And I remember when they came, and they were from San Francisco, a little startup, and they popped an office on Park Avenue South, which is one of our first restaurants was City Crab. And they came in there going door to door selling restaurants. And the coolest thing I thought was they showed us a computer system, a computer that they were going to give you the computer. You can put it at the host stand and you got a screen, you know, with a mouse. And this is 23 years ago. And this was like, now you got And your floor plan was there. Oh, yeah. And it was like so cool. He was enamored by the floor plan. It was <laughs> unbelievable. And like, you know, and, and when you sat the table, it was green. You know, and it, and and like if it, if it was a little bit like an hour in, it turned yellow, and like it was just. I mean, this was cutting edge before that. We had a red book. Uh -huh. I mean, look if you if you're listening and you're an old timer, you knew the red book, and the red book was all we had. That's how you put the reservations, the weather. Anyway, the tech stack was non-existent to answer your question when I started. We just really every couple of years something new would pop up. Scheduling hot schedules. Mm -hmm was and that's got to be 20 years now yeah. you know what i mean so that was like you used to use an excel spreadsheet yeah. so i mean that's the kind of stuff that i remember how's that how's that a good answer well i just wondered if what you thought was the difference between that and what you think the real value is of the restaurant tech stack approach that people are taking for the cloud in the cloud today oh well yeah the cloud i mean that like that changed everything because don't forget also we were limited by bandwidth i mean you really you didn't really have your internet speeds at the time it was like i don't know it was like I don't even know. It was like copper. It was your phone lines. Yeah. You were running on phone lines. It was like, <laughs> you know, welcome to AOL. I mean, it was like, you know, it was like 16 kilobits. Yeah, you've got mail. I mean, this was like, a, I mean, it's, it's, it's changed so much. And I think that, Jimmy, we were at a conference, and, and I forget who this, the keynote was, and he talked about how you can come up with these great ideas, but at the end of the day, it was really the bandwidth has really changed. You know, I think we talked about that it was three. I don't. It wasn't three G, but I think we called no, it three G. I, I think yeah. the idea that we're 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 using linear numbers, just two you know, G, three G, four G, five G. When the fact is, what that speaker had said is the jump from a three to four. It was well, like it, it was like five hundred times or something. It, it, yeah. it was. It changed the down the streaming. 
industry. Netflix was sending you a CD, a disc in the mail, <laughs> and once the speeds changed, they're like, why am I doing this? Jimmy, just download it. Yes. It changed everything. What, I, what I'd say is the following, and I, I'm not the restaurant guy, I'm the finance guy, but I, as, as Shati mentioned, I had a lot of jobs in front of, the, in front of house um, as a much younger person. Uh, but to me, my observation is this has always been an industry, you just do it the way you've always done it. Yeah. And it's the way we've always done it. And we kept a calendar, we write the weather on the calendar, and remember a year from now what the weather was and and we it's really very it was you could run restaurants with a, a, a white pad and a pencil yeah. okay and i really do believe that the, the the pandemic forced everyone to rethink things as it did for golden corral and i think to me it's still a human it's human it's hospitality it's still engaging with guests and making them feel welcome it's still about the food and the experience but now it's a, it's a tech enabled business oh, yeah. and that's to me where i think the fundamental difference is so to me the tech stack it's not going to change the fact that we need to be hospitable and deliver good experiences for our guests and good food but it is allowing a lot of tools that other industries have how to engage with the guests how to market to the guests how to create loyalty um, and create efficiencies and that to me is what we're experiencing today that that to me the tech stack is we're going to be a, t a more tech enabled business right. as opposed to the very antiquated and analog business that we had been i love it i well love said. it i gotta tell you jimmy as always you answer the question better no but i don't think so you do you but do Sixty thousand listeners but i gotta so. tell you we're going right into the spices right here we go come on dawn gillis come on down you're the next contestant on the spices right all right here we go we're gonna go head to head with jimmy on the spices right are you ready okay all right let's see how much you guys know about food and the costs of food oh boy all right filet combo meal which includes a chick-fil-a sandwich a waffle fries and a medium soft drink in dollars and cents, Dawn, how much does that cost? Oh, I don't know, seven dollars and eighty-six cents. Bad, not bad, Jimbo. Care to guess? Eight nineteen. Jimmy, you went over. Dawn, you went over, but but not very much. Seven fifty-nine. Dawn wins. Dawn wins. Johnny, what did she win? Dawn, get ready, cause you're going down to Hawaii. <laughs> seven nights, seven days, expense paid to Hawaii. Oh my goodness. <laughs> They're loving it here. They're Except loving it here. Lahaina, you're sending me to. You're going to Hawaii, wherever you want to go, wherever you want to go. <laughs> you know Dawn, you get to go Hawaii anywhere right? in the world. Two nights, seven nights, six days, all expenses paid. I don't care. Listen, we'll go right to Brandon Quick Fire because we don't have a lot of time, Jimbo. We got a party to go to. Jimmy's got a shower and he hasn't eaten lunch. Brandon Quick, are five lightning round questions, okay? Are you ready? Yes, sir. Here we go. Texas Barbecue or Tex-Mex? Texas Barbecue all day long. Favorite Texas-based TV show? Is it Dallas, Yellowstone, or Friday Night Lights, or anything you want? A Dallas, if, if it's those three. Dallas, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite I, Texas sports team? Cowboys. All day long. Jimmy? Yeah. Uh, well, because he's a Giant fan, Jimmy, I like that. I'm, I'm still getting over the fact. You know who the Jets play? Yeah, Dallas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Good. Dallas. Favorite oh, Texas-born female singer? Is it Beyonce? Is it Janis Joplin or is it Kelly Clarkson, Jimmy's favorite? Uh, Beyonce for me. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. This is where things get a little weird. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I, now they get weird. Now, now they're, getting, they're weird. getting weird. If you were to challenge Jimmy Rye to a Texas two-step dance competition, which I must say I've never even seen or done or heard of, mm -hmm. who do you have better odds of beating? <laughs> I think he just answered that question for you. Well, that would make three of us because I've never done the Texas Yeah, series. so maybe it's a three of us doing it. It's a three of us. We yeah, have to learn it. Do it. <laughs> so what right. are you going to say? So you're not going. So you're just going to dance with us all. We're just oh, yeah. going to dance. Hey, Jimmy, Dawn, and Shatsy are dancing, no, baby. Yeah, into the night. Into the night. 
No, dance the Don, night away. Don, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Never um, be on the podcast again. No, <laughs> Don, thank you. No, really. We know you have a busy schedule. This is a, a very uh, crowded show. We appreciate getting to know you. And again, love what you're doing at Golden Corral. Love this. Uh, I like how you said the next 50 years. And that is really special. Years. So thank you so much for being on the program. I've us. got big news before we leave. Oh. Yeah. 2375 East Tremont Avenue in the Bronx, Golden Corral, Queensbury, New York, Golden Corral, Rochester, New York, Golden Corral, and of course my favorite, beautiful weather, Syracuse, New York, Golden Corral. Go Q's. I've got all four Golden Corral locations, so listen to everybody, get over to a Golden Corral and see what's cooking over there because it's delicious. Amen. There we go. Yeah. Amen. All right. Yes. Thank you so much, Dawn. Enjoy the rest of the show. This was great. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Take care. Take care.